My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Members to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today I'm speaking with Chancellor Jackson. He is the author of 14 Days in Beijing. Chancellor was born in Fulton County, Georgia and grew up in Smyrna, Georgia. He attended Stetson University. He played football at the high school and collegiate level for nine years. After graduating with his bachelor's degree in communication and media studies, he lived abroad in China from 2018 to 2019. He began writing his book after he had a traumatic experience where he was arrested and detained in Beijing for 14 days. Hence the, the title, I, I would imagine. <laughs> but uh, your book, 14 Days in Beijing, has ranked number one over 15 times on Amazon in multiple genres. Um, before we talk about your book, well, first, let me say thank you for, for allowing me to interview you. And um, I, I'm looking forward to learning a little more about you, maybe um, what life was like growing up in Georgia, what your parents were like, if you've got any siblings, you know, that, that old chestnut. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Blessings to balance to you and everyone that's tuning in right now. For sure. So you grew up in Georgia. What um, what course of study? I mean, it, it says media studies, but uh, did you start off pursuing that degree, or was there something else, or was it really um, you went to Stetson to play football? And that's <laughs> that's it, man. Like I remember, because I didn't even realize I I played football all my life, so of course. I didn't even start playing football until the eighth grade. So as soon as it was like freshman year high school, I, you know what I'm saying, I was landed a starting free safety position. And for those that's familiar with football, football fans, I, I'm a DB. I played DB my entire career. Free safety, strong safety, cornerback, nickel corner, you name it. You know what I'm saying? True, true, true DB all in all. But um, yeah, my freshman year of high school, once I landed a starting free safety position on, on the freshman team, you know what I'm saying? I was like, yeah, I definitely want to, play at the next level. You know what I'm saying? And my favorite game at the time was NCAA football, the college football game they used to make, the road to glory, man. That shit was, that game was so fun. So it was like, man, I, I man, I want to live. You know what I'm saying? I want to experience this for real, for real. Like I play it virtually through this game. But I actually want to live for real, for real. Like, I definitely want to play at the D1 level too. Um, so I knew that's something I always wanted to do. Um, but as things played out, you know what I'm saying? I, had to work my way up. Always been an underdog my entire life, um, especially with football. So had to. I really, I really ain't play every year because I got hurt. So I ain't really play every year. Got starting position freshman year on the freshman team. Junior, I mean sophomore year played JV. Started on JV. Junior year I was trying to play varsity. Working to play varsity. I'm done. Bust my ass to play varsity. They put me back on JV. <laughs> so that was detrimental to just my spirit and, you know what I'm saying, just my motivation. And I had one or two things I've been like, you know what I'm saying, just say, fuck it and, you know what I'm saying, walk away from it or be like, hey, just keep working, bro. Keep working, you know what I'm saying, till, you know what I'm saying, it's your time to come. And shit, I was like, shit, I'm gonna just, just stay down. I'm gonna stay down and just keep grinding. Ended up, I was going crazy on JV, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking about every game I play and I'm catching one, two picks a game, you know what I'm saying? So now they moved me halfway through the season, they moved me up to varsity. First start on varsity, I pick up the number two quarterback in the nation at the time. So after that, <laughs> it was signed, still delivered, you know what I'm saying? So I was starting on varsity from the rest of that junior year and my senior year. But you know what I'm saying? Just me being such a late bloomer, 
Um, I didn't have a lot of film. I didn't have definitely coaches wasn't exposing me to different schools and programs. Um, so here it is, the end of my senior season. Uh, I have no offers. I ain't got no interest. Folks don't know who I am, nothing. I'm just like, bro, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm definitely, I want to play college ball. I know that without a doubt. Um, so I just, I took matters into my own hands. I'm like, my coaches ain't going to help me. And if I don't do nothing, it definitely won't happen. So, hey, you know what I'm saying? I got to put my foot, my foot forward and just, you know what I'm saying, do what I have to do. So I was just emailing, emailing coaches. I'm Message them on Facebook, message them on Twitter, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, you know what I'm saying? Just email hella coaches from D1, D1AA, D2, D3, NAIA, except for JUCO. I ain't, I'm like, my, I got good grades. Like, I don't need to go the JUCO route, you know what I'm saying? I just don't have the film or exposure. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm just hitting up any and every coach. And um, I, I ended up landing an opportunity. Uh, to play at Stetson, which is a D1 school, <laughs> something I always wanted to do. <laughs> but I didn't realize I was going there until, like, April. <laughs> so it was like, this is a month before I'm supposed to graduate from high school, and I'm just now figuring out where I'm going to go. So um, just being able to uh, yeah, fulfill a dream that I always wanted to do, you know what I'm saying, I set a goal and I accomplished it, you know what I'm saying? I was I was pleased, and, you know what I'm saying, I definitely got it at the mud on my, you know what I'm saying, on my own. You know what I'm saying? I made it, I made it happen because of me. Um, so it was funny when I went down on a visit to Stetson, it was, it was for academic visit. Like, you know, cause I got, I had applied to Stetson and you know, once I got accepted, that's when I hit the coaches up. So I'm like, Hey, I'm going down there on an academic visit. I'd love to meet with y'all at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Kill two birds with one stone. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's set it, let's set it up. So I'm down there on a the visit and I'm with, I'm in the admissions office. And they had a wall of just uh, different majors, all the majors that they offer. And it was like, hey, what do you want to major in? I'm like, what are you talking about? they like, what do, you, what do you want to study? I'm like, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> like, that, that was like, that was neither here nor there for me. Like, I completely forgot about you know that whole aspect of college. Like, yeah, you actually still got to go to school and shit. So I'm like, oh, damn, bro. <laughs> I'm so focused on just trying to land someplace to play ball that I wouldn't even think of. I'm not even worried about what the major is. So I'm just looking at the wall. I'm like, uh, and my eyes just landed on communication and media studies. <laughs> and when it did, as I had a flashback, uh, so some point in time during uh, senior year of high school, I was in class. I heard this girl talk about the major. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You'd be on TV and broadcast and stuff. So, so I seen it. I flashed back what she said. I'm like, okay, I remember her talking about that. I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> and that's just how, you know what I'm saying? That's how I ended up with that major. And it actually turned out to be great for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just crazy how all that played out. It just played out in my favor at the end of the day, even though it was just so spontaneous. You know what I'm saying? When it occurred naturally. Um, but, yeah, that's how I ended up choosing that. And, um yeah <laughs> so do you have any siblings yeah 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 i have um i have five <laughs> it got so many i mean count but yeah i got five um and they all have siblings you know what i'm saying papa was a rolling stone and my mama just has two kids me and my younger brother we have different dads so yeah, I got four brothers and one little sister. Cool. Yeah. So I'm a middle child, essentially. And what do your siblings do? Uh, my eldest brother, the oldest, he's um he um he's uh, a psychologist. He got his degree in psychology. Uh the second oldest, he's getting his PhD in chemistry. He's trying to be a, he's going to be, he's going to be a scientist. Um, and I think, a, I think one of the teachers will be a professor as well. Um, third Otis, um, he lives in Oregon. He's just working, uh, still trying to figure out what it is he, he wants to, to do. Um, as far as just, you know what I'm saying, career, purpose, and you know what I'm saying, life. Um, and my little brother, he's in the same position. Pretty much just still trying to figure it out. There ain't nothing wrong with that. We all still, you know what I'm saying? For the most part, yeah. we all still figure it out. And then my youngest sister, um, well, just my younger sister, she's uh she's just into her freshman year of college at University of North Texas. Uh, nice. and she's studying biology. 
So we got a couple scientists in the <laughs> in the tribe for sure, for sure. Yeah, we got quite a few scientists in the tribe for sure. I'm the only so one that. What do your What do your parents do? Or well, my uh, my mom she she is a CNA. She's a nurse. Um, and my pops he drives trucks and does construction. Yeah, he drives big rigs and does construction. Um, daddy's from LA. My mom is from Tennessee. But they both met in Georgia and had me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's how that played out. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm curious how your your experience in in college was playing football, Division One ball. Um, like, you got any highlights that you know kind of? Yeah, college was from the football aspect. College was still like high school like i had to grind like it wasn't like because i wasn't recruited at the school you know what i'm saying i had to reach out to them you know what i'm saying so i pretty much was a walk on so i still had to get it at the mud it wasn't like everything was peaches and cream once i got there now nah. hey you know what i'm saying i'm not on these folks radar they got all the kids they recruited and spent so much time and invested in too to get them here so you know what i'm saying that's the ones they trying to really work with and you know what i'm saying feed into so i'm still underdog um but you know what I'm saying my work ethic is crazy and my resiliency. So I'm working, I'm grinding, especially during fall camp. Uh, fall camp was a rude awakening. <laughs> For those that are familiar with just collegiate sports, anytime you got camp, man, camp, man, that fresh, that first camp was nah, no joke. It was uh, mentally as well as physically, but more mental. It's more on your mental just to weave out, you know what I'm saying, who ain't gonna cut it and you know what I'm saying, who is, you know what I'm saying, we're gonna rock with y'all. We're gonna, you know what I'm saying, go with that. But I was going crazy in fall camp my freshman year. Me and my partner, uh, Julio, me and my friend Julio, me and him were both pretty much uh, walk-ons. I ain't find out I was going into April. He didn't find out he was going into July. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is a month before fall camp. So me and him, that's why we, man, we connected so well because we was pretty much in the same boat, you know what I'm saying? But me and him was some of the most one of the, the most talented individuals, they, you know what I'm saying, that was there, especially in that class. Um, so me and him was going crazy, crazy during fall camp. We was both ended up playing, you know what I'm saying, that our freshman year. Um, he did a lot. He played receiver. I played DB. And um, my very first collegiate play, I ended up uh, winning the starting spot on our nickel package we had on defense. So for those that aren't familiar with football, um, when it's uh, like close to halftime or close to the end of the game and the opponents are trying to go down the field fast, so they got to throw the ball. That's when the defense will put out a package where it'll put out its best pass defenders to defend the pass because it's a passing situation. Um, so I made that package, and it was second quarter going into halftime. We up, and the opponents, they trying, they got the ball. They're trying to put some points up on the board before, you know what I'm saying, we go into the half, um, the end of the first half. So I step up on the field, very first play. Um, I'm in the slot, and it's a run play. It's a design quarterback run. I think it's like a counter quarterback. Gets a snap, hits the hole, you know what I'm saying, follows behind his blocks. The blocks, get the old lineman get up on me. They didn't do a good job blocking me, so I spent off of him. And as soon as I spent off the block, the ball carries curse across my face, so I jumped on his back and ripped the ball out. <laughs> ripped the ball out, and I fell on it, you know what I'm saying? So I've made the tackle. Forced the fumble and recovered it and gave us the ball back with a good field position with plenty of time left to, you know what I'm saying, go down the field and score. And just when that shit happened, I it was an out-of-body experience. Like it was just an all-natural instinct. Like I, I blacked out for real, for real. <laughs> I blacked out for real, for real. Like, and at the end of the play, it was like I came back too, and everybody just congratulated, smacking me. I'm like, man, what, what just happened? Um, and that was the last time I ever touched the field. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Does it feel like we? It's Monday morning. We in meetings. a big team meeting that we have every Monday in the morning. Head coach, he pull up my highlight on on big screen. He point me out, highlight, uh, praising me and everything. Never touched the field the rest of that that season. Why? I have no clue. I wasn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? Grades weren't messed up. It wasn't. I ain't did nothing wrong. They just, I just ain't touched the field after that. You know what I'm saying? And the players was, you know what I'm saying? Some of the players like, damn, bro, I don't know what's up, bro. Like. You might need to talk to him. Go talk to him, bro. It's like, bro, 
I'm not that type of player. I used to be the one that always bitch and complain, man, Coach, what's up, brother? I, I stopped all that shit because I'm like, that shit wasn't getting me nowhere when I was doing it. And when I stopped doing it, my game increased. So I'm like, I'm not going back to that because that's definitely not it. So I'm like, he got his reason why they're not playing me. Whatever that is, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But I know for deep in my, down in my heart, my spirit, bro, I ain't did nothing wrong. You know what I'm saying? For them to put me through that. Uh, it definitely did affect me mentally and uh, just motivationally. But, you know what I'm saying? I still stuck through it. You know what I'm saying? Playing D1 ball was something I always wanted to do. And I got the opportunity to do it. So I was going to see it through regardless. <laughs> regardless. So, um yeah, it was similar to like high school. Freshman year, I ain't really play. Sophomore year, played a little bit mainly on special teams. Junior year, played a little bit mainly on special teams. I ain't land my first. I ain't start in my actual position for real, for real to the like the last game of the season, my junior year, and still was going crazy. You know what I'm saying? And then senior year, they moved me to from cornerback to dog safety, so strong safety. Um, and that's when I that's when I was playing. I played that entire season for real, for real. But um. Yeah, just from the football aspect, it was still a grind. It was still a grind. Um, it was, nothing was given to me. I had to get everything. I had to work for everything. So um, that's why I just am. I am the way that I am. It was like, bro, everything I want, everything I've accomplished, bro, it wasn't like this shit was just given to me. Like, it was, <laughs> it wasn't like this shit was easy either. Like, bro, I had to go through some trials and tribulations just to, you know what I'm saying, see through, you know what I'm saying, whatever it was that I wanted to get, I wasn't working on. Um, but yeah, from the football aspect, that's how it was. Academically, I've always excelled in academics. School really not that hard. All you gotta do is just do the work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Rather you do it yourself, you get somebody else to do it. Like it's as simple as that. So I graduated high school with 3.5. I think I graduated college like a 3.2, something like that. Um, you know what I'm saying? So academics really wasn't nothing too crazy. The only thing that was a rude awakening when it came to academics was writing papers. High school, I never had to write no paper at all. <laughs> so it was like when I got to college, they was like, "Oh, you got to write papers," and these motherfuckers had be like five pages and six. I'm like, "Whoa, like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, what you talking about now?" <laughs> I was slow, you roll. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I but I had to get acclimated. You know what I'm saying? For sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, academics was smooth. Socially, uh, I, I'm just a, a cool, cool dude. Very laid back, easy going, down to earth. Um, so I always, I always vibe well with people, and I find I'm a find like minded, spirited, like minded individuals, and like spirited individuals, no matter where I go. Um, so I always have a, some form of camaraderie, despite where I may be. Um, but yeah, man, college, college was dope. D1 college, but I was, you know, what I'm saying, a hell of an experience. Gained a lot from it. You know, what I'm saying, for sure, for sure, a lot of skills, traits, characteristics. That, you know what I'm saying, just embedded in me and I just embody naturally, you know what I'm saying? So so how did you end up in China? Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is another, and it's another, I had to get it at the mud type of story. <laughs> I had to get it at the mud type of story. So football, my football career ended November 2017, right? Um, so after going through all the trials and tribulations in high school football and then collegially, I'm like, okay. If I'm going through all this adversity at these two levels, I right, know at the professional level, this shit is going to I'm like, I don't even feel like putting that forth, putting forth the effort and I'm like, hell no, I'm good. I, I made it to the level I, I truly wanted to make it at. Hey, I'm content with this. I've done something that vast majority of the people out where I come from can only dream, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, you know what I'm saying? Just wish, you know what I'm saying? They could go back in time and, re, you know what I'm saying, redo things that they, you know what I'm saying, did uh, in the past. But um, so I was, I was, I was, I was at peace for real, for real. So um, as soon as my career ended, I'm like, that time to start looking for jobs. You know what I'm saying? So the season ended November, 2017. I started applying for jobs, numerous positions, numerous companies. I, and I had no clue what I wanted to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I got my, I'm getting my degree in communication. At that point in time, I really, you know what I'm saying? I could really couldn't even tell you what the fuck communication was. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I'm just getting my degree in this shit, football over with. I got to re-identify myself all over again. Um, where do I start? I have no clue. I'm just finna just, I'm going to try a bunch of different shit until I figure it out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just applying for any and everything. If I, I'm reading the job description, if, I'm, if I qual qualify for it, 
far as the requirements and I'm just reading the, sh- the description and I feel like I can do it. I'm applying for it. You know what I'm saying? Just cause whether I got expert experience in it or not, you know what I'm saying? So I'm and the mainly position I'm, I was all corporate sales, marketing, management, you know what I'm saying? That's the type of uh, jobs I was mainly applying for. So I'm applying Florida, Atlanta, really all over the, the, the nation for real, for real, but mainly Florida and Atlanta. Um, I'm getting flown. I'm landing interviews, getting flown out, all different types of put up in hotels, all different type player. You know what I'm saying? The whole nine. And I did this for eight months straight and they landed a goddamn thing. Not a single thing. <laughs> Not a single thing. So here it is. June. <laughs> I done graduated. I'm back at home driving Uber and shit just to make bread. And I'm just like, bro, I know I ain't got down. I didn't do everything right. I didn't do everything textbook to just be doing driving for Uber. Ain't nothing against Uber drivers, but it's like, nah, bro, I ain't go through, nah, I ain't go through all of this. You know, I didn't go through all of this just for just to be doing this. I'm like, nah, bro, I'm not content with it. Um, I haven't landed nothing yet, but hey, I'm resilient. I know I gotta keep going. I just gotta keep trust the process. Um, so I'm steady doing my job, saying my application process. And in the midst of my search, well, I had to, I, self-reflect i'm like okay clearly you've been trying to do the corporate life universe telling me, but corporate ain't for you corporate ain't for you bro it's evident at this point <laughs> so it's like we need to try something else so i'm like what are you good at bro you're good at talking to people connecting with people encouraging people motivating people so i'm like you need to work it need to be something with social work so i'm i'm just i just type social work into the search bar and i'm just looking up any and everything they got that's listed and i came across a tab and the filters and it was like international I was like, damn, why did I think to look outside the country? Let me see what, that, me see what the international talking about. So I'm just looking through the list. I came across the job application, teach English in China. I said, damn, that sounds fine. What's the requirements? It was only three of them. A bachelor's degree, it don't matter what your shit is in. You can, your, your degree can be in finance. <laughs> it don't matter. A clean background. All right, check, check native english speaker <laughs> that's it oh I'll bet how do you apply all you got to do is submit a resume that's literally two clicks of a button boom boom i'm looking at the drive description oh yeah i could do this boom 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 all right and i'm just i just went on you know what i'm saying steady throughout the rest of my search two weeks passed ended up doing the interview and land and then folks said we want to move forward with you first job to tell me yes after eight months of applying and getting told no was on the other side of the world it was no if ands or buts about it <laughs> i said this is where i'm supposed to be this is where i'm going for sure for sure i got to get the hell on about it because <laughs> what i'm doing right now ain't it bro. it is not you know what i'm saying so that's how that happened you know what i'm saying so I, I was teaching children as young as three years old all the way up to 14. you know what i'm saying um so like I said, everything I've accomplished, everything I've done, I had to get it out the mud. And like nothing was given to me, <laughs> nothing. So where where in China were you at? Beijing. I had three options. They was like you could live in Beijing, and uh, Shanghai, which is in China as well. For those that aren't familiar, um, or Bali, Indonesia. Now I'm like I don't know nothing about no Indonesia, so I'm like yeah, you can X that off the list. I'm straight on that. I don't know nothing about that. I was like Shanghai. And that Shanghai is more of an actual, it's a bigger, bigger city. You know what I'm saying? A lot more skyscrapers, more like more city vibes. So I'm like, I'm from Atlanta. So I'm like, I definitely want to go to Shanghai. And the recruiter's like, okay, yeah, you can go to Shanghai, but the demand for teachers in Shanghai is nowhere near, you know what I'm saying, high as the demand for teachers in Beijing. So it's like, if you go, you choose Shanghai, you got to pay for your own flight. If you choose Beijing, we'll pay for it just because we need teachers out there. I'm like, well, shit, you should have started with that. <laughs> Beijing, it is. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. Shout out to you. <laughs> you ain't saying nothing but a word. But that's how I ended up in Beijing. And I I got hired in July. So I, and I uh, it was a three-month-long process for me getting my visa and all of that. So I didn't um, actually get to China till October 10th, 2018. Yeah. Let's fast forward to what you you know why why were you arrested and why did you end up being held for 14 days for sure for sure so my contract was supposed to be a year and uh it got cut halfway through see what i'm saying so i landed in china 
October 10th, 2018. Here it is, April 4th, 2019. So it's almost six months later. Almost six months later. And um, I got the day off. I'm chilling. I'm finna go to an event later on in the afternoon. Um, meet with some friends and stuff. We're gonna hang out, have fun, all of that. So I'm like, before I go to this event, I'm a pregame. You know what I'm saying? For those that don't know what pregaming is, so it's like when you or you and your friends gonna go out on a night full of festivities before y'all actually go out go out y'all gonna turn up at the house first we're gonna meet at somebody's house we're gonna turn up there then we're gonna go out you know what i'm saying so that's what pre-gaming is uh right, so i'm, I'm pre-game at the house and i'm by my, i'm at the apartment by myself um i got my music playing sipping some uh some chinese liquor um and sipping, uh, smoking some cannabis on my little silver pipe i'm cooling vibing powwowing all right boom done I'm finna get ready to slide now. Make sure I got everything finished getting dressed and stuff. I hear a knock at the door. Look through the peephole. There's three officers from the Beijing police. I'm like, oh shit, boy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. So I scramble, put everything up, open the door, and they walk straight in. And the officer that's in front, he's sitting there talking to me. Now, I know a little bit of Mandarin. And when I say a little bit, I'm talking about basic, 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 basic language. Just enough to move and groove. As far as having full in-depth conversations, it's quiet. No, nah, it's not happening. So he's talking to me, and just by the expression written on my face, he can tell that I have no clue what this man is saying. So <laughs> he pulls out his phone, and he starts speaking into it. And then he, so he's spoken to a translator app. So he shows me the phone, and I'm reading the translation. Are you on, are you on drugs? Nah, bro. What, 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 this, what this man talking about? But nah, you're tripping. Nah, <laughs> what are you? Nah, bro. You're tweaking. He speaks into the app again. Shows me the translation. Are there any drugs in the house? Bro, what are you talking about, dude? No. What? 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 Who is this man? What are you talking about? <laughs> you ain't saying hello, bro. This is the first thing that's coming. Nah, bro. I'm playing the fool. Even though I'm lying, I'm playing the fool. Like, nah, bro. You tripping, bro. Nah, hell nah. I'm like passport, bro. You need you need some passport, bro. Let me go grab my passport. You you got me. You know what I'm saying? It's clearly some confusion going on. Let me go grab my documentation. So I grab all my documentation, go back into the living room, present it to the officer. And he's sitting there, going through it, while the other two officers are just walking around the apartment. You know what I'm saying? Just casually, hands behind their back, just scanning it. You know what I'm saying? Eyes wandering, ain't really looking into nothing. Just you know what I'm saying? Just scoping the place. So some time passes. They tell me to sit down at the table. So I sit down on my dining room table and I'm just thinking like, okay, what's gonna happen next? Like, how I'm finna get out, of my, how I'm finna finesse this situation? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, man, just this is the fog of war right now. And I hear some foots coming down, coming down the hallway because they ain't closed the door. The door, front door's still open. So I, I lean back like, what? There's another officer coming. So. He got something in his hand. I, I ain't really thinking much of it because I'm just like, okay, I'm just trying to think ahead. You know what I'm saying? What's going to be next? What's going to be next? What I'm going to say next? What I'm going to do next? So he enters, the other officer enters the apartment and hands the officer that I was originally speaking to the item. And that officer pretty much communicates to me through, you know what I'm saying, body gestures to pee into the cup. So it was a drug test right there on the spot. And right then and there, I was like, oh, yeah, it's over with. <laughs> I'm like... It's over with, boy. I just got a smoking pride. Y'all knocking on my door. It's over with, bro. So do the drug test. Failed the drug test, of course. <laughs> um, and you know what I'm saying? And by the, all this time, another officer to enter the apartment. And he speaks English. So he's sitting there just, he pretty much just interrogating me about failing the drug test and who I get the weed from, who, you know what I'm saying? Who was I with? Da, da, da. He just wants to see if I give him any information as far as a, a source or a supplier. I'm high, I'm nervous, panicking, and lying all at the same time. So every question he gives, he poses to me, first thing that comes to my mind, I'm just blurting out. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just folding under the pressure. I'm catching myself lying. I know he's, if I'm catching myself lying, I know he's catching me lying. But I'm hey, I'm from Atlanta, but live by the finesse, die by the finesse. So I'm just going to continue to play the fool. Like, I don't know what's going on. Eventually, once he realized that I wasn't going to give him any information, be, okay, bro. He just made it obvious that they, they already knew what was going on. You know what I'm saying? It's like caught red-handed pretty much. Um, and they arrested me and threw me in the uh what well, threw the cuffs on me, but they were still cool though. It's like, hey, you need to finish getting dressed. Anything else you need to do before we leave? I'm like, 
Well, <laughs> unfortunately, I was getting ready to go probably y'all knocking my door anyway. So I, I guess we we good to go, boss. So walk me down the steps, you know what I'm saying? Exit the building, my apartment building, sit me in the van. And now I'm just like, just reflecting like, damn, boy, this shit really happening. Like, <laughs> this shit is real. Like, this shit really happening, bro. I'm getting a, a locked up, bro. In a whole different country, bro. Nobody knows this is happening. Um, as far as communication, the officer that spoke English, he's no longer in the picture now. So I know communication is not existent. I don't know what's going to come. I don't, I don't know how this shit is going to play out, but I know deep down in my spirit that I'm going to be okay. When it's all said and done, I'm going to be all right. Now, how will it play out? I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. But it's, uh, I, I know I have to hold myself accountable. First and foremost, I, I got to hold myself accountable. You know what I'm saying? So it is what it is at this point. You know what I'm saying? Just stay on high alert. May keep take note of every minor detail. I'm telling it myself all of this. Take note of every minor detail. This is gonna be a great story to tell once you out of this predicament. So you get to a, a precinct that's not too far from my apartment, about like a five minute ride, and they sit me down and. Uh, the chairs, the waiting area. It's, it's like the typical scene you see on TV shows and movies when they bring in new arrests. They sit them down in like chairs. You got the officers on desk duty doing administrative work. It is that typical scene, but the Chinese version. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only foreigner, only colored person in there. And I'm the only one handcuffed too. So I'm just sitting there in the last chair. I'm in the corner of the room so I can see everything. You know what I'm saying? All eyes on me, of course. But I'm just, I'm still high as hell. <laughs> I'm still high. So I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Just reflecting, replaying everything that had happened, holding myself accountable, and just trying to, you know what I'm saying, just keep composure, honestly. And then 40 minutes pass, and they get me, and we get back in the van. Nobody has explained anything to me up until this point, so I have no clue where we're going. We end up at another precinct. This one's a lot bigger. It has holding cells in it. Um, so they, you know what I'm saying, process me, have me change clothes, and throw me in the holding cell. I'm in this holding cell with about eight other Chinese people, Chinese men. Um, I'm the only one handcuffed. Me and another inmate across, that's sitting across from me, me and him the only ones handcuffed. So it let me hear, okay, why me and him the only ones handcuffed? Ain't nobody else handcuffed. Anyway, though, I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? I can't believe this shit happened. I'm just back to just reflecting. And I'm at this second precinct for 14 hours. And within that 14 hours, they do my interrogation and take my mug shot and handprint and all this. And the, the interrogation scene of the book is very, 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 very dramatic just because um, they take me to the basement of the, of the precinct, into this room, and walk me to this metal chair that looks like an electric chair. You know, most electric chairs got the straps and like, nah, this is all metal though. Like, this thing will lock me in. That thing locked my ankles, my thighs, my waist my chest and my arms all in the one place so let me just camp i'm sitting in the i'm sitting in the chair just like this the only thing i can move is my head and i'm doing a whole interrogation just like this you know what i'm saying but it was still you know what i'm saying they just they just wanted to know i and i came up with a i had enough time up until this point to come up with a story to finesse them with so that was smooth um release me from the chest throw me back in the hotel and i'm just in a hotel cell just Reflecting, honestly, just at war, my reflections. Just constantly reflecting, constantly, constantly, constantly fading. Now my high is coming down, so I'm fading in and out of consciousness. You know what I'm saying? Trying to find a comfortable position, trying to sit down handcuffed is not comfortable at all, let alone trying to lay down. So I'll, I'll doze off a little bit, but I wake up periodically, you know what I'm saying? Look at the window and then pass back out. You know what I'm saying? Now, time has passed. I don't know how much time has passed, but I know it's been several hours because the sun is no longer in the sky. Yeah, I look at the window, it's all darkness. So they come by the, the holding cell and they call me. So we uh I follow them and we get back to the um to the lobby. We get back to the lobby and they bring me my basket of clothes, like they they like get dressed. I'm like, oh shit, well. I bet I guess my statement where I'm like, hey, everything don't work out. Hey, if it let me go, boom, boom, boom. So I'm dressed. I'm just sitting there waiting. And they was like, hey, follow us behind, follow us. So they had me follow them through a door that's behind the front desk at a precinct. So we enter the door. I'm in the hallway. At the end of the hallway, it's a small room that's crowded with officers. 
So we walk towards the room. And as we enter it, I realize this is an evidence room. It's hella evidence bags from on shelves and shit from numerous cases and TV monitors where they watch the footage from the body cameras. And on the table is all everything that was confiscated from my apartment. So they take the flower, the cannabis that I had, and they weigh it up in front of me. I had 1.4 grams. For those, I mean, regardless, if you don't, you know what I'm saying, you, you have any knowledge of cannabis or not, just we talking about grams. 1.4 grams of anything is not a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? That's all I had. And uh, they had me sign print some document, thumbprint, thumbprint it. You know what I'm saying? It's all in Mandarin. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, y'all say jump, I say how high. <laughs> Boom. All right. So they collect everything, boom, throw it in the envelope. And, and then now we get back in the van. Again, nobody has told me anything. I have no clue what we're doing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just know we back in the van. I got my clothes back on. I'm just hoping they finna let me, they finna take me back to the apartment at this point. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, they just finna let me go. So we riding, we riding, we riding. And then next thing I know, we arrive at this facility with tall walls and barbed wire. I was like, hmm. <laughs> I see what's going on now. <laughs> no, I ain't going home. <laughs> My shit just getting started for sure. For sure. I'm like, okay, we had a jail jail for real now. Okay, bet. Um, get there, get inside, go to the infirmary, you know what I'm saying? Do all the health tests uh, and shit like that. Put me in my uniform, have me put all my stuff up. And uh, now they walk me to my cell. And we go upstairs, get to cell 209. He, uh, CO opens the door. And immediately, as soon as he opens the door, my psyche is thrown for a loop just off of what I see. And mind you, it's like 4 o'clock in the morning at this point. So he opens the door. First thing I see are two inmates, Chinese, both of them Chinese. They're standing up against the wall watching the rest of the inmates sleep. So they the only ones up for real. So they looking at me crazy. I'm looking at them just as crazy. Like, but what y'all got going on in here? I look at the people that sleep and I compare it in the book to like, you know what I'm saying, back in the day when you was a kid and uh, you had, you know what I'm saying, it was you and your cousins or your friends, y'all had like a sleepover, a slumber party, or you play travel ball. You know it's a limited amount of space to sleep. So everybody just got to make room, you know what I'm saying? But y'all, y'all close, y'all, y'all know each other. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? Y'all good. Y'all, we make our make room. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? We gonna get some rest. So that's what it looked like a whole slumber party. But these are all random Chinese men. And so I'm like, okay, this shit is crazy. <laughs> so I'm doing a head count, one, two, three, including me. I'm like, it's 15 of us in this cell. I'm counting the beds. The beds are pretty much wooden bunks. Big wooden bunks, you know what I'm saying, with cubbies up underneath. It's nine of them. So it's 15 people and it's nine beds. That's why I'm like, okay, that's why I look like a goddamn slumber party. These, these folks, we got to squeeze to make room. So I'm like, damn. Look to my left. There's the um the bathroom. It's an, it's a whole separate room, but the walls are made of glass so everybody can see inside of it. It's a sink, uh, a squat toilet, so pretty much a hole in the ground that you squat over. And the shower was further to the right when it was a number of water holes pretty much with a shower head to it um so i approached the slumber party <laughs> and uh one of the inmates that was standing up like he you know what I'm saying? he waits two inmates up for them to make room and they make room for me and i set my bowl on my spoon uh because they gave me a plastic bowl and spoon so i set my bowl and my spoon up in the cubby and i'm just laying down on my back you know what I'm saying? Between two Chinese dudes. <laughs> and just looking up at the bright ass light on the ceiling, like, boy, what the fuck is going on? Like, boy, this is crazy. Like, this is too surreal. Like, this shit is like, but this this is really happening. Like, this is really happening. Nobody knows I'm here. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nobody explained anything to me. I don't know how long I'm gonna be here. Uh uh. I got to hold myself accountable. It, it, you know what I'm saying? I got to hold myself accountable. So, I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's pretty, that, I feel like me having that sense of, sense of accountability definitely played a benefit in some of my outcome and how everything played out. Um, so I just holding myself accountable and just like, damn, bro. I don't know how we're going to get out of this one, but 
Hey, man, thing, shit gonna work out the way it's supposed to. And everything gonna work out, you know what I'm saying, in your favor. But, man, we, it's, it's looking pretty ugly right about now, but for real, for real. Um, so, man, just get some rest and, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna figure it out, you know what I'm saying, later. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I know first thing if I like, first and foremost, people have to realize that I am in here. At least that I'm gone. So and that's gonna happen through time. I'm like, okay, I had today was my day off. And we had this Friday, we had that Friday, so it was Thursday. I got locked up. Well, I got arrested. Now I'm in the jail. So the next day will be a Friday. We have that day off as well, because it's a holiday. So I'm like, Saturday? That's when red flags will start popping up because I'm like, I got work on uh, Saturday. So when I don't show up for my eight o'clock class, oh yeah, best believe all hell breaking loose. So I'm like, that's going to, you know what I'm saying? That's going to be folks going, because I was supposed to meet friends at the event I was going to and I never showed up. So I already know that was, oh, that was kind of weird. He didn't show up. He said he was going to be there. He didn't show up. You know what I'm saying? So now he ain't at work. Okay, now something's wrong. I'm like, okay, so that's going to be a definitely red flag. So that's going to be the first step to people going to be, you know what I'm saying, in search of me. And then like, I had a girlfriend at the time. So two, I'm like, if I once I don't respond about two of her messages, that's going to be another red flag. So, you know what I'm saying? She's going to be, so I'm like, okay, I, I'm going to have to at least wait at least a day before, you know what I'm saying, before I become missing on people's radar or just something's wrong. So I'm like, I just got to be patient and, you know what I'm saying, thug it out. So, and pretty much what I just broke down to y'all, this is all basically chapter one of the book. This is all the first chapter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We say early, early, early into the story. And it gets even better as you continue to read. Um, so all in all, I was locked up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and one cell. 15 people to that one cell, nine wooden beds. All I had for 14 days straight was that one plastic bowl and that one plastic spoon. How did you actually... Like what? What steps did you take to in order to get released? I mean, I had I couldn't do nothing for real. For real. Like I'm locked up twenty four seven. You know what I'm saying? All the time I'm leaving this cell is we talking to immigration or the U.S. Embassy, and the U.S. Embassy can't do shit for us. I met with them. That's chapter ten. They were like, yeah, uh, ain't nothing we can do, <laughs> but but make sure you are just being treated like a human. You know what I'm saying? That's basically all we can do. Aside from the process, you getting up out of here, that's all in Beijing. We ain't got, hey, this is a communist country we have. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, hey, show this amount of time you can do is two weeks. As long as you can be here is a month. You know what I'm saying? But you're going to get out of here eventually. But when we have no clue, that's, uh, that's on them. So I just had to sit. I had no clue. I was just sitting. I'm here to tell you I did 14 days. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, that's how, but in the heat of the moment, I have no clue. I'm just sitting. I'm a sitting duck. No information was getting. I'm just, I don't know, bro. I don't know. So a lot of self-reflecting. <laughs> a lot of self-reflecting. So, so what's uh, what's one of the key parts of the book that that you'd like to share with the audience? Ooh. Really, what I just shared was like that. I said that's all the first chapter. Like, so when you crack over fourteen days. Shit gets shit pops off immediately. It ain't like no long build. Now we get straight to the action because this is about my last 14 days in China. Prior to my last 14 days, China was harmonious. <laughs> China was the best experience I've ever had in my life. It, you know what I'm saying? So it's just about my last 14 days there. So um, yeah, I feel like just what I shared, that's that's you know what I'm saying, that's the most pivotal because things just, that's folks like damn, how you get locked up? Well, that's all in the first chapter. That's it, that's it. So you know why I'm in there, but it's like okay, just the 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 mystery and the suspense of what's to come, how this is gonna play out, what the cellmates gonna be like, was you know what I'm saying, how this is China, like just everything else, that's when it's you know what I'm saying comes into play as you, you know what I'm saying, continue to read it and you meet a lot, a lot of interesting characters within the story. Man, people I was locked up with, all in all, good, good spirits, good, good dudes, you know what I'm saying? These are, you know what I'm saying? These some, these some good people, you know what I'm saying? I, these are good people, like all in all. China's just strict as hell. That's, yeah, China's just strict, like China's strict. They don't play. They lock you up for any and everything, for real. So, you know what I'm I'm locked up with some, you know what I'm saying? Some solid, solid dudes and, um, Man, they just got crazy, crazy, crazy stories. Like 
stuff you would hear in movies, like, you know, just, you know what I'm saying, see them show, like, in the media, like, you wouldn't believe this is happening to somebody else, for real, for real, like, I'm talking about this folks that's exiled from their country, if they go back to their country, they're going to get killed because they got information on the government, officials being behind some corruption, and you know what I'm saying, it's like, damn, but this shit really go on, like, <laughs> I'm like my situation ain't nowhere near as bad as y'all, boy. Y'all here, y'all locked up in jail. Being the, it's the best thing for y'all at this point, because y'all go back home, it's over with for you. So, Beijing Jail Six is the best thing that can happen for you at this one time. And your journey, so I'm like, bro, yeah, my story is crazy, but in comparison to some of the folks you read, oh shit, <laughs> 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 what? Kind of painted a, a picture of. All these Chinese guys curled up together, mm-hmm. and how how tall are you? Can't I'm really five ten, about one ninety two hundred five. Well, in China, I wasn't eating. I wasn't eating no meat for real, for real. So I was pretty much vegetarian. So I lost hella weight. I was probably like one fifty. I lost so much weight. Okay, yeah, I lost so much. weight. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm saying, I still worked out. You know what I'm saying? So I still look like I'm probably about like 180, 170. But no, I was about like 150 for real, for real. 150 right. something. Yeah, something weird. <laughs> uh, so when you were in the slumber party pile, like you you were probably one of the big spoons, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. <laughs> like, well, just in Chinese culture, they don't. Um, oh, like just being overweight or obese, that is, that's frowned upon. So you're not going to see too many, you know what I'm saying, plus size Chinese people. If you do, it's like seeing another person of color. Like it's rare to see, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoa, that's so against y'all culture. Like, damn, what, what happened? Like, you know what I'm saying? What? So it's like, you know what I'm saying? You really don't see too many plus size Chinese people for sure, for sure. Like they have like stomachs and stuff, but like as far as just, you know what I'm saying? Just like big, big, nah, you ain't. And then I play college ball, so of course ain't none of them like built like me for sure. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm I'm in there doing push-ups and sit-ups and stuff. These folks looking at me like I'm training for the Olympics. They like they ain't never seen nothing like that before in their life. (laughs) It was just so just so amazed, like, oh man, it's crazy. So yeah, like you know what I'm saying? This they come out one dude, one Chinese dude, he was like, he's talking to one of the inmates that um he was talking one of the inmates, and he was pretty much like, okay, see, look, you see how cut up he is? All black people are born like this. You know what I'm saying? They come out the womb with abs and pecs and stuff. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? The cultural ignorance is you know, it's just crazy within the story. But it's like, that's everywhere, especially here in America. It's really, we just as bad. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? I really take none, no offense to it at all just because i got great understanding. Just, you know what I'm saying? Folks just don't know. You know what I'm saying? Especially, it's probably – the first time for most of these folks in this cell right now, they had a person of color up and close, like they can physically touch, like this close, you know what I'm saying? So they, they was just so blown away and just intrigued that I was there. They just wanted to know any and everything about me. Like, you know what I'm saying? They just want to learn, you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was cool. That was cool for sure, for sure. Nice. Now you, the beginning of our conversation, you talked about resilience and, you know, of course, like spending your, uh, you know, a big part of your scholastic career playing football. Um, a lot of times, so a lot of what I talk about is is leadership. And uh, one of the key components, and actually a lot of the people that I've interviewed where we've talked about leadership, uh, not everyone, but most people that have been successful as leaders have spent some time uh, in, you know, playing team sports, whether it's rugby, football, soccer, or European football. Um, (laughs) You know, team sports tend to uh, foster that, that mentality of, you know, the role that I play is important to the team and each, uh, you know, looking out for one another is important for the team. Yeah. And, and the way that you lead in a high performing team 
is you're given your all mm-hmm. and you're the person that isn't going to quit, you know? Yes. And when everybody has that mentality, everybody's operating at a much higher level, but, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious, like what role that mentality played for you? I'm, I'm guessing a pretty big role, uh, you know, in your time being locked up for 14 days, a lot of time to reflect. Mm-hmm. And maybe even some of it might go back to, you know, your, your first fall camp, that, that mental game. Because you know, if you can't control the thoughts in your own head, no, you, can, you can spin out of control pretty quick. Definitely. Check out like that. <laughs> Check out for sure, for sure. Like, and I, like people, like you read the stories, like, bro, how is you just being so compliant? Like, they folks just drug test you on the spot. You just saying yes, like, you, have you signed stuff? You just saying, bro, this is all traits I've gained from football. When Coach say, get on the line, it's time to run some gases. Damn, Coach, bro, what's up, bro? Why we got to run gases, bro? That, hey, we're not going to do all that hooping and hollering. Complaining. No, Coach said, line down. Hey, we ready, Coach. You know what I'm saying? Blow the way. We lining down. So these folks say, oh, you got to sign this. You got to take the drugs. Wait, the best for this thing to play out the best way, the last thing I need to be doing is being rebellious, uh, belligerent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's the last thing I need. To, that's not gonna help my case at all. Being compliant is gonna be the best. <laughs> it's the best thing for me at this point in time because it's like, bro, you caught red-handed, bro. Just like it's over with, bro. Just you know what I'm saying? Easy breezy. You know what I'm saying? aesthetic. Play it. You know what I'm saying? Just play it cool. So yeah, folks, just, you see, sign this out there. Thumbprint out there. Drugs out there. You know what I'm saying? Coach, when you say jump, I say how high <laughs> for sure. Um. And then just, you know what I'm saying, of course, being a leader, I was like, I won defensive leader, you know what I'm saying, award. I was a leadership awards, accolades and stuff. I was, you know what I'm saying, captains and a uh, captain uh, in, in high school and stuff. So just, you know what I'm saying, you, you know what I'm saying, even the captain's going to fuck up. It, it, no matter sport, what play, what, no matter what sport you play, there are going to be mishaps and mistakes made in the game. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. Hold yourself accountable. You know what I'm saying? Own up to it. And let's move forward. You know what I'm saying? Don't make the same mistake again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. You got to put it behind you now. You still got a whole, you know what I'm saying? Whole game left. All right, well, shit, damn, bro. Well, you caught red-handed. You know what I'm saying? It, it is what it is at this point. You, hold, you know what I'm saying? You're thinking back on it. Like, man, I could have did it. I could have did it. But it's like, okay, that shit's over with, bro. As far as now, you don't know what's going to happen. So moving forward, you need it. You know what I'm saying? Put that shit behind you. Yeah, it is what it is. You have self accountable. Okay, cool. How's this going to play out? I need, that's what I need to be. So I need to start thinking ahead because now, as you know what I'm saying, I got to think about, how, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to get at this situation. So, you know what I'm saying? Just that's another correlation I can make with that in football. And um, still just being that encouragement, you know what I'm saying? That motivational piece, like I was in football. Like when I, my first three days, I was the only English speaker in my cell, only foreigner. Then on my fourth day, I got moved to another cell. Now I'm in a cell with two other English speakers. One was a Chinese American from uh, California. Other one was Brazilian from Brazil. They both speak English and Mandarin. Um, so now that's when things in the story start to take a turn because now we can start gaining information to at least connect some dots. Still have no clue how this thing gonna play out, but we can start making sense of the situation a little bit better. Um, but even then, you know what I'm saying, it's up and downs amongst them, you know what I'm saying, in their personal lives, you know what I'm saying, just, it's like, bro, I have no clue how long I'm going to be here, but shit, here I am, I'm still pointing to you, uplifting you, you know what I'm saying, I probably got, you know, my situation was, you, but you getting out on Friday, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, you finna get ready to go home, but you, you sad, but nah, bro, nah, you got the wrong mentality, bro, <laughs> you gotta, uh, you tripping, bro, nah, nah, let me, let me flip your brain real quick, because you know what I'm saying, Get you back on course, bro. You gotta think ahead, bro. What it what happened in the past is in the past now. We can no longer do nothing about that for the show. We gotta move forward, bro. We gotta live in the present for the for the future. You know what I'm saying? So I'm um, just being a you know what I'm saying, just, I still being a leader, all in all. Um what else? It's a lot of correlations between my experience in China and football, you know what I'm saying? I can make um not a gate you three just right there. I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else like. Uh, man, 
So I, w- I want to kind of get a feel for for your book. Is is it more like a uh, a biographical account of, of your time there, or do you kind of weave in some lessons that you learned? Um, it's a biographical. It like it, that's why my that's why the book went number one in multiple genres. Like it's so many genres that play. Like they can fit. This, like this book can fall under. Like like that ass like it's a biography but it's you know what i'm saying it's, it's a drama and it's also a thriller it's also suspenseful it's also mysterious and it's a true crime and it's you know what i'm saying it's a lot of it's it's a combination like this ain't no just one thing no you're gonna take a lot away and it's very enlightening too as well as entertaining <laughs> you know what i'm saying it, you know what i'm saying the best thing is to entertain but it's like you're gonna learn a lot from it you know what i'm saying as you read it especially if you read it more than once most people read it you know what i'm saying they just once they started they just so intrigued that how is this gonna play out? How is this gonna play out? Like a lot of the, the symbolism and the messages and like just the stuff that's gonna go over your head. You know what I'm saying? You're not, folks ain't gonna digest that originally. Like you gotta read this thing about two, three times for you to catch everything. Cause it's a lot. It's a lot. Like it's a lot of numerology. It's a lot of signs and visions and messages that I get. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to, re- you have to really, like this should be like, a part of lessons in school. Well, for real, for real. Like, you know, you could take this and like, you can really make a lesson out of this for literature class, for real, for real. Um, but yeah, you're gonna take a lot away from this. It's gonna be entertaining. That's the best thing about it. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be thoroughly entertained. It's like, damn, but you definitely gonna walk away with a different perspective and just feeling a little bit more enlightened than just, you know what I'm saying? Especially just China and, you know what I'm saying? Just, especially just life in general. Cause I speak on just different topics outside of just our setting and, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I uh, always talk about just real, real things. You know what I'm saying? Real stuff that most people don't care to talk about or have no knowledge of, or, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you're going to, you're going to receive some information that you probably have never received in your life. For real, for real. For sure. I'm just a conscious individual. So my next question is, for everybody listening, what's the best way for them to get your book? Amazon, 14 Days in Beijing. I got paperback, I got ebooks, I got hardcovers, hey amen. And audiobook coming soon. So it's like, I, you ain't got no excuse. <laughs> you ain't gonna have no excuse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to tap in with this story. Um, so yeah, Amazon, I have a free version available, which is the first three chapters of the book available on Amazon as well. Apple Books, Kobo and other book platforms um and yeah just you know what i'm saying just social media chancellor k jackson um it really ain't best way to just find me pull out your phone go to your internet browser type in a search engine called google right and google chancellor k jackson or 14 days in beijing i'll pop right up no cap all right cool well i'll have uh i'll pull up a link to to where your book is on Amazon, and I'll put that in the show notes. That way, uh, there's one less excuse for people <laughs> not to get your book. It'll be right there. So when when they're done listening to this episode, like I, I know I'm, you know, we just set this this interview up, so I haven't had a chance to read your book yet. But yeah, man, like just reading a little bit about you. I'm like, oh, this this cat's got a story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, what for real? It's just the ultimate underdog. That's why I can. That's why I consider myself as just ultimate underdog, man. Everything had to get out the mud. Even after, even after I got, I got, I got released. As soon as I got released from jail, Beijing Jail Six, they took me to my apartment immediately afterwards, and then had me pack up the rest of my shit, and then took me to the airport immediately after that. And I was deported from the country the same day. So, you know what I'm saying? But now I'm back to square one. I lost everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything. Literally, I lost everything. So I'm just back at square one. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, all over again. You know what I'm saying? Just done got it at the mud. So here we are. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so just a resilient spirit all in all. How soon after you returned from China did you start writing this book? So I got back, um, like, April 17th, I want to say. 2019. I ain't started writing a book to July 2019. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And that's because I'm like, all right, I went through this experience in China. 
I don't know how. I know I want to share this story. I just don't know how. So I, was, I just really just ain't had no idea how I was going to go about telling the story until I was powwowing with one of my tribal members. He's a, he's an author. He was a published author before we graduated high school. Um, he was like, yeah, but you should write a book about it. I'm like, hmm. That's a good ass idea. I could write a book. I could write a book about it for sure, for sure. I'm so spontaneous. I'm I'll try some shit. You know what I'm saying? So So you said tribal members. Yeah. What what tribe are you a member of? I'm so I'm Native American. I'm Cherokee, Choctaw, Wetumpka. My other tribe, he's Choctaw as well. So we, you know what I'm saying? We both have the same tribe as you know what I'm saying in that aspect for sure. So, nice. Yeah, he was the one that was like, yeah, but you should write about it. I'm like, well, I could. That's a good idea. I ain't know, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't think about it. But I'm like, like I said, like I told y'all earlier, like writing wasn't my strong suit. When I got to college, that was a rude awakening for me. So I'm like, uh, I could, but I'm like, I don't know how to go about doing that, bro. We got a book. And like, he just gave me a little outline in my notes. My it went to the notes section in my phone, five layer outline, just very, very brief. And I just started filling it in on my notes. And I'm like, okay, damn, I'm really writing. I'm like, okay, let me move this from my notes. I opened a Google Doc and uh, started writing it on there from the computer. And I wrote the whole thing about four months. And that was with me bullshitting four months. Uh, it was the editing process that took, that was time consuming, you know what I'm saying? Fine tuning it, formatting it, and getting the cover, book description, uh, you know what I'm saying? All of that together. That took about eight months. So I got locked up on April 4th, 2019. April 4, 2020, I dropped the first book, which is the free version <laughs> on you know I'm saying 14 Days of Beijing. That's on Amazon. Um, and I was well, I was still on pre-sale. I was ranked number one in three different genres. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and you know what I'm saying? It's been going crazy since then. So, you know what I mean? It's just like, I'm just grateful, honestly, grateful. And Shit, definitely not content either. <laughs> definitely not content, you know what I'm saying? We're going to keep running this marathon. I got another book coming very, very soon. It's a romance novel. Um, and it uh. 14 days. So, and it's going to, the same feelings and emotion I was getting right 14 days. I'm like, man, 14 days going to go crazy. I got the same feeling right in this romance novel. So the romance novel going to go just as crazy. No cap, and it's romance. So it's like, that's the icing on the cake right there. So I'm really, really excited for that. No cap. I feel like that's gonna go stupid. That's gonna go dumb. So, yeah, man. I definitely see writing books is definitely gonna be something. Cause after I wrote 14 days, I didn't think I was gonna write another book. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be it for me. Then, you know what I'm saying? I ended up writing a romance novel just from you know what I'm saying, feedback from fans and peers and stuff. So I'm like, okay, let me write this romance novel. So I'm like, okay, clearly this is going to be something that I'm going to continue to do. I just gotta go through stuff, experiences. I'll take whatever lesson I'm supposed to take from it and then, you know what I'm saying, share them with the world. For sure, for sure. Nice, man. While entertaining them. <laughs> While entertaining them. I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story with the audience. And, um, you know, everybody that's listening, be sure to go out. If you haven't already done so, get get Chancellor's book, 14 Days in Beijing. And, uh, you know, best of luck, you know, with the, with the new romance novel, that'd be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. So are you going to, are you going to be on the cover? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> so like you see 14 days of Beijing, I, I recreated the mugshot. Cause I'm like, damn, I wish I had the, I'm like, well, I wish I had all the files, everything they had. I'm like, I wish I had all of that. Cause that would make the story that much better. Even the footage from their body cam. I'm like, but that would be so hard to have. But I'm like, I can't. So I'm like, I got to recreate it the best that I can. So, you know what I'm saying? The cover is just me. That was me. You know what I'm saying? I used to have locks. You know what I'm saying? I cut them last year. Um, but yeah, I, I had to get that, that jacket you I got on in the cover. That was, I had to get that jacket recreated. That was the uniform jacket we had to wear. And exactly how I got it on the cover, that's exactly how I wore it. So literally, I just recreated the whole mugshot. You know what I'm saying? So with this uh next time I'll be, I'm gonna be on the cover too. You know what I'm saying? All this this is I already live what I write about. You know what I'm saying? I, <laughs> these are you know what I'm saying, these are true stories that I'm telling, you know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying, you you gonna you gonna walk through uh, but I I play I put it in because I call myself lucky uh within the story. Um and I explain how I came up with the name lucky and everything within the story. But so it's like 
this is just Lucky's journey. You know what I'm saying? It's how people read it. It's like you're reading it through Lucky's eyes. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's fictional, but it's not. <laughs> for sure, for sure. That's why I said this thing fits so many genres. It's crazy. This is how creative I, I was able to. I mean, I was able to have this length of creativity with it just because I'm independently published. You know what I'm saying? I own all of this. This is in my publishing company. So, you know what I'm saying? I ain't go the traditional route. You know what I'm saying? When I got follow guidelines, like on some school shit, I got to follow guidelines and criteria and, you know what I'm saying, rubrics and all, you know what I'm saying? No, I got full creativity over this, so, yeah, <laughs> let's do it, you know what I'm saying? So, that's one of the luxuries of being uh, self-published, for sure, for sure. Nice. That's pretty cool, man. Well, it's been really awesome talking with you. Um, yeah, I, again, Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, Please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.